Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Hayat Academy's podcast. I'm Shahna and today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite subjects that is Islamic banking and finance. We know that Islam is a way of life rather than a religion with a set of ritualistic practices. In Islam, there are two kinds of relationships, a vertical relation and a horizontal relation. By vertical relation, we mean the relationship between man and God, and by horizontal relation, we mean the relationship between man and all other creations on earth, that is, the other human beings and the environment we live in. Islam is only complete if we maintain both these relationships, fulfilling all its rights and duties. To maintain the horizontal relationships, the behavior of humans with other human beings in all arenas, be it social or political or economic, has prescribed rules and regulations in the Islamic Sharia. As I mentioned in my previous podcast, Sharia means path, and in Islam, Sharia is the path of guidance which sets the rights and responsibilities of individuals and societies. And God, being the omnipotent being that he is, has given us the guidance on how to best live our lives in a good economic framework. This aspect of the Quran and Sunnah is covered in what is known as Islamic economics and Islamic financial system. So the Islamic economic system is a very, very broad subject with lots and lots of subcategories. But the basis of all Islamic economic principle is a simple concept, that is, al-malu malullah, which means all wealth belongs to Allah. And mankind in an Islamic economic system is only given the authority of a trustee to that wealth to best use it productively to benefit himself his family, his society, his environment, and the earth as a whole. So Allah has created human beings as khalifa or uh, caretakers or representatives of God and earth. So this responsibility also covers being responsible for the resources and the wealth on earth and utilizing it productively, effectively, efficiently, and sustainably to benefit not only its primary users but also those around us and also the generation that comes. So it gives us the responsibility of avoiding mismanagement of resources, wastefulness, hoarding, and other malpractices which adversely affects our society and our environment. So Islamic economics covers a whole range of subjects and it will require an entire series of podcasts on its own to even roughly cover all its bases. So today I want to give my listeners a simple explanation on one of the categories of Islamic economics, that is the Islamic banking system. When people hear the word Islamic banking, they might think of some things like some of them will be like it's too complicated I don't want to know others might be like banking is haram and it's just a name change and for some others they may think it's a banking system for Muslims well first of all let me request you to delete all these preconceived notion if you have any of these and start afresh Allah says in the Quran that is Allah has permitted trade and forbidden interest
This is the fundamental principle of Islamic finance, the permissibility of trade and forbiddance of interest, the permissibility of productivity and the forbiddance of exploitation. So Islamic banking is nothing but asset-based, profit and loss sharing business. In simple language, it's basic trade. Islamic banking, also referred to as Islamic finance or interest-free banking or Sharia-compliant banking, refers to a banking or financial activity that adheres to the Islamic law or Sharia. Now, there are three fundamental principles of Islamic banking. That is, the sharing of profit and loss, the prohibition of interest, and the sanctity of contract. That means the contract should be fair and agreed upon by both parties. So rather than dealing in interest, which is strictly prohibited in Islam, banks make a profit through equity participation, through, through clear and transparent contracts, which requires a borrower to give the bank a share in their profit rather than paying interest. So in any bank, generally in the contemporary banks, um, a bank is an authorized deposit-taking deposit institution, right? It takes in deposits and then it facilitates as a intermediation between savers and investors and it transfers uh, funds from sur surplus units to deficit units and it does payments and clearing systems like it manages the cards and checks and all these. So all these practices are uh, also applicable to Islamic banking, except that we in Islamic banking do not deal in interest or riba, and we do not deal in gharar or excessive uncertainty, and in other uh, haram activities like uh, pornography or uh, alcohol or anything that is harmful for the society. And then we implement the profit and loss sharing principle and the emphasis of Islamic banking is on productivity and real economic activity rather than the credit worthiness. So I'll repeat this one more time to clarify the primary difference between conventional banking system and Islamic banking system is that Islamic banking prohibits interest and speculation and it prohibits any form of uh, gambling or and um, in any investments that involves uh, elements or substances which are clearly prohibited in the Quran like alcohol, gambling, etc. In this way, uh, the Islamic banking can be considered a culturally distinct form of ethical investing. And to to earn the money without practice uh, of charging interest, Islamic banks used equity participation system. By equity participation, we mean that if bank loans money to a business, the business will pay back the loan without the interest, but instead gives the bank a share in its profit. If the business defaults or does not earn a profit, then the bank also does not benefit. So in general, the Islamic banking institution uh, tends to be more risk averse in their investment practices and typically avoid any business that could be associated with economic bubbles. So another aspect of the Islamic uh, finance system is that because interest is forbidden, uh, we do not deal in the conventional bonds. However, there are like uh, bonds called sukuk or uh, Sharia compliant bonds, uh, which represent a partial ownership in the asset and which is not a debt obligation. So we can say that the principles of Islamic finance and economics saves us 
from a debt-based economy. Actually, it guides us to an asset-backed, investment-based, productive economy. And it guides us to invest in industries that will help us to achieve the financial and social objectives that will be beneficial for all people. So Islamic finance, finance principles have been designed to make economies strong and successful. So, And we have to understand that Islamic banking is not a new phenomena, but rather its principle is based on the Quran and was practiced during the time of Prophet And so Islamic banking system is at its heart an ethical system where depositors entrust the bank to invest their savings in partnership, sharing any profits which are generated. And it's not just for Muslims that this is beneficial. When we put it to proper use, the products and services of industry banking will empower the people and bring prosperity to the world as a whole. With this note, I would like to end today's podcast. Thank you and have a great day.